Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is a public safety announcement. In the interests of prevention of disaster, the Interior Ministry of the Region of the Government of Sicily recommends that British cycling journalists do not place wet or at least slightly damp running shorts on induction hobs in holiday apartments in the Palermo region. You have been warned. So the public safety announcement that you just heard, David, um, about leaving damp running shorts on an induction hob Oh no! Is this like that French writer, uh, Elie Gesbert? Well, well remembered. Yeah, well remembered. It's yeah. it's similar. He tried to dry some. What is it? No, he put a damp towel, towel didn't he, on on a heating one of those very those, cheap like, little space heater sort of electric things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I walked into this um, <coughs> apartment this evening, and <coughs> I'd been for a run this morning near um, Licata on the south coast of Sicily, and I'll come to that because it featured some canine activity. Talking of canine activity, Guinness has just walked in. Hello, Guinness. Guinness. Yeah. I like dogs when they are about a thousand miles away, I've discovered. Yeah. Um, um, but uh, yeah, so I'd, I'd, I'd tried to, I'd washed my running kit subsequent to my run and then I'd left it to poach in the car and it That's made it nice. so hot in Sicily. So during the day I'd left it to poach thinking it'll be bone dry by the end of the day. But you, I had think windows, it, you had windows open in the car, yeah? No, no, because it's Sicily. You're not going to leave windows open in the car and just park up and leave it there. Why would you put damp running kit in a closed car? That's, what do they call that in cooking terms? Like the poaching, I think. It's just poaching. Um, We steam something in a bag. Yeah, you're right. There's that thing that, yeah, you're right. In in cooking, there's that thing where you just put food into a kind of sealed vacuum (sighs) pack. What's that called? What is that called? That's going to annoy me. Hang on. Cooking. Yeah, in cooking. That's a good start. Bag. Pa- bag. Slightly warm water. Sous vide. Sous vide. Sous vide. Sous vide. Which means, I- sous vide, which means under vacuum in French, refers to the process of vacuum sealing food in a bag, then cooking it to a very precise temperature in a water bath. Which you kind of were doing. You were basically creating a water bath of your own sweat in the car. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I'd washed. I'd washed it. Obviously using one of those, <laughs> I'd come back from my run and I'd wash the kit in the shower, David, in that time-honoured fashion where you're staying in relatively cheap Italian accommodation and you haven't packed your own shower gel. So, you're, so you, you know, you know, the, you I, know, I, know, the, um, I know exactly, yeah. The little, the sachets. little, perfor- the little sachets <laughs> when you can't find the access bit. And even if you could... Even if you could, because you're now underwater, your hands are all wet and slippy. You can't tear yeah. them, can you? Yeah. For love nor money, yeah. you cannot do it. So the only thing that you could do at that point is bite them. 
Oh, right? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Of course. You just have to you have to grip them with your teeth <clears> and pull them like that, which inevitably involves getting at least 10% of the contents of the detergent in your mouth. Yeah? But the rest, the rest I kind of shared equally between my my head, um, my armpits and you know other bits of my body that really needed serious attention. Um and my running kit, which by now was simply underneath me, as because that's that's the that's the most efficient way of doing it, isn't it? Get everything huh. done at the same time. When you are then washed, you then I mean, you, you then you then rinse the, the the running kit thoroughly. Then you take a hotel towel, wrap it up in Ooh, the towel. Hang on, hang on, two seconds. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm gone. My sister's just called. Oh, look at that! Hello, Fran. Put her on the pod. Yeah. Put her on the pod. Hi. Can she? Can she can't hear me, David. Okay, no, no. You're. I'm taking taking off immediately, Francis. Okay, good. Thank you, David. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're literally in the middle of the pod, me and Ned. Yeah. It's a li- your yeah. friend. She doesn't... Yep. Okay, I'll call you back okay. afterwards. Okay, David. Right, just to fill in the listeners. Uh, yeah, hang on two seconds, Ned. I'll just... Yeah. Uh, I'll, yeah. Hang on, I'm just going to... Yeah. Fr- Fran is... De- David is now talking to Fran about... Yeah. She hang has on. asked for his medical expertise, apparently. Yeah. And, okay. um, and so he's got to he's got to answer her. Um, so... What's He's happened? in a state of some difficulty now, David, torn between a podcast and an old oh, and a sister. I was about to say older sister, but what I mean is younger sister. That's, that's definitely not sepsis. Okay, now David, David is now diagnosing uh, Fran over WhatsApp. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's not that's not sepsis. This is yeah, that's not it's not sepsis. I'm diagnosing. Tell her I'm diagnosing her. I agree with your diagnosis. Not sepsis. Yeah, no, it's a natural podcast going on. Um, Trish, I don't think that's sepsis. I think you're safe. Yeah, it's actually, so it's not. Yeah. I'll, call, right. I'll, call, I'll call you back in about Maybe when minutes and give it okay, the that, full that would be Okay, that would sound like a sensible okay. solution. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there I was in the shower. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd rinsed my kit, David. I'd dried it to the best of my abilities. And then I effectively, uh, what did you call it again? Sous vide. Sous vide. Sous vide. Yeah. Sous vide. So I vacuum packed yeah. my, my kit. I vacuum packed my kit e- effectively in a, in a hire car with stickers mm. on it. Um, it's 33 degrees at the moment in Sicily. Um, and I thought that would do the job, right? Left it there for five hours to five gently hours. percolate. Yeah. Baking mm. sun, like that came back and it was kind of 70% dry but that left 30% that wasn't right came into my long drive right the way across Sicily up to the other side of the island to just outside Palermo where tomorrow's stage finishes in Mondello which is a beautiful little resort just uh, just to the west of Palermo came into my apartment it was one of those ones where you have to put the key in to the thing the slot inside the door to activate the electricity I did that in the dark and I was carrying this wet semi-wet washing and I flung it down because I desperately needed the loo and I flung it down and went to the loo came back oh, no. to find that it had, it, it inadvertently activated the induction hob now uh, oh I of course I, that's impressive well so my sh- my running shorts became capable of conducting electricity wow, it something of a surprise I should to me. send you some of our chapter three products just as like hardcore product testing you're like putting them through hell I, it's ex- literally what I am. But I managed to nip it in the bud, so there was no repeat of the Elie Jaber situation. Can I, can I just um, ask, just, this is a, just a little bit of um, basic, yep. I guess, science. Um, when you, you left your sweaty kiss in the car and it's 30 degrees, 50, 
five hours. Where do yeah. you think all your sweat went? I was hoping that, you know, cars, if you touch the, the ceiling of cars, they have that kind of slightly felty kind of absorbent <laughs> material. I was rather hoping, yeah, because, you know, the, 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 the heat would have evaporated the moisture upwards. I was hoping it would rather have been absorbed in the spongy material and basically sat there. Until? Uh, <laughs> until we had returned to our vehicle. and start, I hadn't thought it through in that much detail. I'll, I'll confess, David. I hadn't, I, self-evidently, so, I hadn't thought it through so enough So basically detail. your whole, that, so you said it's 70% dry or 30% dry? No, 70% dry, 30% so that, not so that means, dry. So that means 70% I, of your sweat is now just literally sunk into that car. Stop, no, it's not the sweat thing. I've already told you I rinsed the sweat out. This is simply mm, still gonna undrink, be undrink, this is undrinkable mains water from Sicily, which you are advised in no uncertain terms not to drink even now because Christ knows really. Um, but, uh, so that was that. But the, the, going back to my, my run that I had early this morning. Okay, mate. David, we we stayed in this. Um, have you seen? Have you seen Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Of course, I do. I think it's. I put that in my top one. Maybe my favourite film of all time. I, 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 have we not spoken about this? Because I would yeah, be. We have. I think I'm with there, and I've got the music to back it up. So we'll right now we'll hear a little bit of the fantastic music. To, I mean, it's just it's just genius. It's, it's the most beautiful it's film sub- ever. Sublime film. But you know he ends up in that dystopian mm-hmm. um, kind of uh, abandoned casino stroke kind of theme yeah. park. Yes. Yeah, where he fights Harrison Ford. Yeah. yeah. And that beautiful Who- penthouse, which is sort of this juxtaposition between modernity and, and classicism. And it's beautifully put. And it's permanently twilight, isn't it? Permanently. And the sun is permanently setting. Dust. Yeah. And it's, and it's setting through the windows. And basically I stayed there. In, in Sicily. Similar temperatures. Um, and outside this hotel that we stayed in last night, there was an abandoned water park uh, of some scale, right? With kind of like massive like tunnels that you could have, back when there was water flowing, you could have sailed down and taken, you know, helter-skelters. And then this big sort of pool that had all dried up in which these stranded big plastic animals stood proudly facing the desert because Sicily, bit by bit, is turning into a desert, right? So I I went for a run through this, really early this morning, through this uh, sunrise, through this dystopian landscape and out onto the road, right, outside the compound. I had a choice of going left or right. I chose to go right because right was slightly uphill along this fairly busy road, but it was early in the morning, so there wasn't very much traffic. Felt safe. Now, what... Safe, except for I was very aware of the prospect of human habitation. And with human habitation in Sicily comes invariably, what do you think? Guarding Um, their property. There are a lot of stray dogs. Stray dogs would have been all right. I was settled for stray dogs. children who throw eggs. (laughs) That's, That's also true. But it was the dogs that concerned me. Now... The first homestead I came to... Well, I say a homestead. It was actually the, 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 the house that, behind which there were massive polytunnels. Again, interestingly, collecting the humidity from the, the earth and the vegetables mm-hmm. and not allowing it to escape to keep that humidity in. Yeah. Um, that I could tell there were the shadowy figures like working the lines. I think they were plucking lemons. I think it was lemons, actually. That's a whole other issue. I'll come to that in a second. But... Um, 
I, I ran past this home and I thought, and I, all the time I was approaching, I thought there's going to be a dog, there's going to be a dog, there's going to be, but I ran past it and I was 50 metres the other side of the entrance to this home when I heard behind me, and I, I dared to look round at this massive bloody dog had appeared and was was coming kind of after me but I was already sufficiently far away that it knew its limits and thank God it stopped and I ran on by now running running much faster than I imagined I would have oh, to when I set out there's the, the mistake but then David I ran on for another kilometre or so and I thought I have no choice there are no other roads I can't put in a loop here I have to go back the same way. <laughs> there was lit- I had literally no choice. Did you I didn't have it? A- I didn't have... <laughs> I stealthed it. You stealthed it, didn't you? I stealthed it, David. I'd- if I'd had my phone with me, but you know I never run with my phone because I hate yeah. the encumbrance of it. Yeah, I just- would have phoned-, phoned Massey or Matt Stevens and I would have said, guys, honestly, come in the car and pick me up. I cannot go past that dog again. But so why, would they get- why would they get back in the car? Well, they were asleep anyway, and I didn't have my phone anyway. So yeah, I got. Disgusting getting I got, back in that car. <laughs> this was before it turned into a poached, okay. right. poached running short situation. Okay. So anyway, so I ran back towards this 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 scary house. Okay, it was blistering hot now, but now the sun's come up, and I'm running with sweat as well, thinking that's not going to help. Like the dog's uh, sense of smell is, you know, intense, isn't it? Even an old knackered thing like this one. Yeah. And I and I approached about eighty meters out. It still hadn't seen me. I could see it. It's hunched form lying on the ground. I, I just had no choice. And I thought, I'm going to slow now to walking pace and hope it's blind. <laughs> be nonchalant. And be nonchalant. But nonchalant. I, I was, so I was literally trying, trying to make every step not sound at all. And it was deadly quiet as well. And as I approached to about 30 meters, it got up and started coming towards me and barking, at which point I noticed there was another younger, much fitter dog with shorter hair and much more musculature coming after it as well, after me. And the two of them got into proper kind of snarly attack mode, growling and getting low to the ground, at which point I started just talking at them about how much I loved them how much I felt that we didn't need to do this. And I backed away in a kind of semicircle and there was this curious Sicilian standoff that must have lasted about a minute while I skirted around this potentially life-ending situation and just about got clear. But it was my first brush with a dog since, I don't know, the last time I was in Italy. Why, why would you think that you should have barked back? Got down on all fours, or just no, kind of Dave, no, you should have just walked just barked back, or just like shouted at them, just rather than kind of appease them and being nice. I thought, I thought, speak with a calm voice, speak okay. with a, author- but, but a degree no, of authority. But, it wouldn't have sounded like that though. No, because there was no authority and there's total fear. But anyway, well done. That's like it's it's you and Italian dogs in particular. It, but it's ruined my experience now because I can't. I mean, that's it. I can't go running in Sicily now. Oh, it's just you know, too, no, no, you friendly. know what you should do. Trick is uh, run with a water pistol. Yeah, that's a great idea. Just so down just, the side just, of have, short, just, just have a holster. Yeah. Does that work? Two. No, yeah. just spray them with water. They hate it. Yeah. They, what they, if they, they? And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's harmless. It's yeah. gentle. It's so you just have to get a, like a running holster, and you just <laughs> always carry two water pistols. And if a dog comes, you just stop immediately. And it's going, and they'll go, and run away. Tip, there's just a tip, a tip. 
even to get to Licata, right, um, from from Catania, which is where people fly into in, 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 in Sicily, right on the east coast, yesterday was a long drive, which ended almost inevitably about 70 kilometers from our destination with a puncture, because every time you drive in Sicily, you puncture, you just fall, your car falls yeah, down a crater. It's, it's falling to pieces, bless But we had, this, we had this situation where... Um, we had the situation where being, it being a modern car, it could read the air pressure and display it on your oh, thing. Yeah. So we saw yeah. rear, rear left-hand tire, losing pressure, losing pressure, losing pressure. You know, it's like... <laughs> and it went from... So all our other tires were pumped up to 250 PSI. This one was going... And we, so when we noticed there was an issue, it was at 160. We held our breath. About a kilometer later, 155. We're thinking, we got 70 kilometers to go. Right? And we were, we were in the middle of a desert. I mean, we were mm. in the middle of central Sicily, in the middle of nowhere. I got on Google when I could find a little bit of signal. And we found, we found a, um, thank God, we limped into this post-industrial hellscape of a town um, right on the coast called Jena. I think it's called Jena. Is that right? Just check. No, Jela. Forgive me. Where the, where the um, Americans landed, actually. Um, in That's where, 1944, uh, the, the United Forces, their first yeah, in Europe. Canadians, Canadians, British, and the Americans landed there. Do you know what? It was a. I've just read this. It was a bigger landing force on day one than D-Day. Huh. Yeah, because that was huge. that was the first, and it was also designed to then focus forces south. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, and the, but it was poorly defended. I mean, the other thing yeah. near this near 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 to the <clears throat> deserted water park was um, a series, a row, separated by a couple of hundred metres each of, of concrete pillboxes um, um, that are still untouched. Yeah. So I know, I know nothing about this, the conflicts in Sicily, except I think for the fact that there was an airborne invasion before the seaborne invasion that went badly wrong. And a lot of the um, airborne troops were landed in gliders, many, yeah. of which, many of which just ditched in the ocean, and um, I think hundreds of lives were lost like that. Just to, so actually, that, just on that, while we're, we're on that, there's an, uh, a wonderful author called ba- Ben McIntyre, um, who does a lot of books at Asian Zigzag. He's done, um, okay, read, but he's done an SAS, the official history, the only official history of the SAS, and in that SAS Rogue Warriors, and it's amazing because it talks about because the SAS were the first; they were sent in as an advanced force, and it's um, it's pretty intense and. Uh, but it's yeah, it talks about that whole period uh, coming. The whole forces went south first before the famous yeah. D-Day landings. But yeah, yeah. but you're, you're, so far you're painting such a wonderful uh, picture of Sicily, Ned. Well, I did a little audio recording while we were driving. Matt Stevens, my co-commentator, who I'm sure mm. you'll know, dear listeners, um, and and the wonderful Massey, who you know from having had a pizza with him in Ealing a few years ago. Massimiliano oh, Adamo. Massey's your producer, um, is he? He's our, he's our producer. And yeah. we're driving around together. And, and here is his brief summation of our, uh, our, our, our trip. But um, yeah, here, here we go. What happened today? What do you mean what happened? No, wait, wait a sec. What happened today? No, it's too long. I need like the full day to tell no, what no, happened No, just tell today. me what happened. So you picked us up from Catania Airport. Yeah? Yeah. We started to drive to, where have we driven to? No, where? I landed at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock actually. I went up to Etna to film something, then came back to pick you up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then I started from there. It went down here from there, basically. <laughs> what was the first thing the, that happened to us? Yeah, yeah uh, it was you, Mast. We picked you up, and then yeah. we... That's when it went, started going wrong. Yeah, actually, yeah. It is, yeah. And then we punctured, right? Yeah. Yeah. Then we got lost in Licata. No, actually, we 
took a diversion, like a long diversion to pick up something to deliver to the production guys. Yeah. So and then we got a puncture on the way to Licata. Yeah. Like we started losing pressure. Yeah, losing pressure bit by bit, actually. It was pretty tense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we got, we pumped some air on the way just to manage to get to the Thai guy. Yeah. Maurizio. Maurizio fixed it for 15 euros only with the receipt. Yeah. Strangely. <laughs> and then, and then we lost, uh, we got lost in Licata for about 40 minutes. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, it was a long time. A long time with all the wrong direction, everyone like driving lunatic. I just yeah. want to say, guys, and then we got, got, got turn probably the only team. people got yeah. coming up soon. Sorry, guys. We got, we got fine. I got fine. The only person in Licata for probably about 10 years to get a fine. Yeah, the police got you. Yeah, the police. you were driving up a one way street in completely the wrong direction, weren't you? No, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was. But I mean, back up at the good part. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but, but, you, but you, it was a well intentioned uh, misdemeanour, wasn't no, it? No, the guy said, oh, you did. Yeah, well, I'll leave it there. People, <laughs> people will make their own. Bottom line is, Massey was carted away by the police and he had to go and pay a random fine of a made up amount of money, 29 euros, and the police officer did take cards but mystifyingly he got taken into a bar where there was a, a, a card machine and he paid it into a bar on a card machine uh, so it didn't officially kind of seem to end up necessarily with the Sicilian police so um, yeah uh, there might be another end to the, another twist to this talk we're about to enter this 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 dodgy road as well but we've been told by our colleague Marco oh, um, it's typically Sicilian oh. potholes uh, unlit yeah. uh, and there are stray dogs and potentially wolves um, so it's like something out of a out of a slasher movie right now set in the Australian outback but in Sicily on a, bi- just, on a bike race not even day one it's before day one my friend. this isn't yeah. even day one is it <laughs> day minus one Sicily we might never get there so it ended with um, Massey almost getting arrested so I mean, he had to go and pay this fine for driving up a one-way street the wrong way in Licata to this policeman who, after a half an hour of negotiation, took him into, I mean, what I can only describe, we assumed he'd want a cash payment, right? Standard. We assumed he'd want a cash yeah. so Instead, instead um, Massey was very surprised that he, he would accept a card payment because no one had any cash on a 29-year-old. He had his own Zettel machine. Pretty much, he just took Massey. He he took Massey into this tiny little bar on the high street in Licata, where he clearly knew the main man. And Massey paid this government fine at this bloke's bar, just like <laughs> like settling oh, a bar bill. That's amazing. <laughs> and when Massey got to work with the Sicilian television crew today and told him what had happened, that he'd actually been fined for a traffic a minor traffic violation in Licata, they laughed their heads off because Massey is the first. Per- he's a Roman. He comes from Rome. Massey is the first person, I think, to actually pay the fine in Sicily in oh, living memory. That's amazing. You know, um, so remember Max Yandri, the, the ex-British professional cyclist who is... Uh, he's on very, this race. He's, he's the he? Movistar DS. Yeah, he's oh, on the race. He's say hello to him for, from me. Well, I'm if I do see him, him, I will. Yeah. I've yeah. him in years. Um, but back in the, this would be 2008, where the Giro d'Italia started in Sicily. And Max came down. We were good friends. Came to watch the start. And... Uh, and he came down to kind of a little mini break. And he was like, David, I just love coming to Sicily because this is Italy. It's, he just loved the chaos. Because this is a, one of my, always my biggest takeaways with Italy is that it's, 
an absolute uh it's demasculation if you uh don't walk very slowly across a road no matter what vehicle's coming towards you i think that's right have you noticed it it's like it's just yeah it's just amazing see it's just anybody will just walk out into the road doesn't matter what's coming the car the vehicle has to slow down it's like you can't eh? it's like if you kind of try and the car can't make any nobody's going to honk their horn at you because the person walking across the road will just they'll honk their horn at you their vocal horn it's it's just a complete total twist and that kind of just that sums up what it is like in sicily it's it's a little bit of uh for them it's completely organized but if you go into it it feels like absolute chaos but they seem to have a system that works perfectly for them i have no idea how you acclimatize from the outside to that system i think that's the bottom line we were having dinner with another one of our rcs colleagues uh, last night marco who Mm. was saying that his um his brother-in-law i think is a um comes from um, somewhere up in the north, or, or even the cent- central Italy, Abruzzo maybe. And mm. um, he is a winemaker of note. And he got hired at great expense on a big salary to come down very close to where we were on the south coast a couple of years ago to turn around the fortunes of a um, Nero Davola um, uh, vineyard, which mm. uh, had fallen on hard times, but had previously had a great reputation. And they wanted to bring fresh blood in you know, create a premium wine and really go about it in the right way. So he he came down there and um, wanted to change the staff a little bit. So take some out, take some out, hire some more staff in. And within a week, he had a visit from the mafia, right? He said, so here's the thing. You come in, you hire 50% our guys and we leave you alone. Okay, 50%. Mm. And he went, no, 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 I can't be doing with your guys. They're my guys. This is, I'm coming in doing it my way. This is a new start. I'm not interested in your business. Thank you. And within a month, his dogs had been shot outside his house. Phase one. Phase one. And then it went, you know, it was was just on the periphery, but it was bitter and brutal and it's suggestive of great violence that might come his way unless he bowed to their will. Mm -hmm. And of course, guess what? He left. So, so Sicily is... I mean, it, it's kind of a, a kind of quaint and amusing from the outside, but it, it might feel, I think, to many people in Sicily like a bit of a prison, because how do you effect, you know, great societal change? How do you bring in people with different attitudes, perhaps to modernise mm. the place, to perhaps to, you know, because it is crumbling, the infrastructure is crumbling mm. quite visibly, hence the puncturing and all this sort of thing. And I, I think to, to grow up to understand within that system is one thing. It might be exhausting. Mm-hmm. It might be enervating. I don't know what. I can't imagine being a Sicilian. But to come in from the outside with new ideas, good luck. Good yeah, luck. Yeah, you don't. I mean, it's always, there's, I've been to Sicily quite a few times and it's always, it's been, I, I think it's always been like that. That's the thing as well. It's for, for people not to think it's happened lately. It's, that's how Sicily, Sicilia has always been. It's always been its own place and it, it is yeah. the bridge between africa and europe and it's got yeah. this amazing sort of norman law, history nor, yeah like, it's like, got crazy like, history like, 
Yeah, so many different yeah. civilizations have passed yeah. through Sicily. Yeah. And if you want a little taste of Sicily, my first introduction was to read, I, I, you may have read it, um, Giuseppe Tomasi di Lampedusa's The Leopard, which is I kind of not definitive. That, no. So that's, that's a real, I mean, it's a fairly standard text, but it's a beautiful mm. bit of writing, absolutely beautiful huh. bit of writing about um, the, the, what is it, the last king of Sicily, I think. Um, one of the coolest, of just before you kind of leave that subject, one of the coolest car races in the world. Um, used to be there called the Targa Florio, which was what, this. Okay, what was that? It was, it was kind of a lap of the island, and it was the Count of Florio or something who organised it in the 1920s, 30s. It was a bit like the uh, Milia, which went from Brescia to Roma, back to Brescia. And you also had the Targa Florio, and it's called sports car racing, where they'd put the fastest cars, and at the time, product, well, they weren't production, they were uh, race cars, and they just put them on open roads and they would do two laps. They had two laps of the island or something. Uh, there's a great picture. I'll send you the picture afterwards. But you'd go there. This was, I think, they like many of these races, it's, they stopped it in the late 19, mid 1960s, maybe, because there were just too many deaths. Um, but you know who's been there to watch it, who went when he was like 18 or 19? Let me guess, well, Richard Williams. You got it. Brilliant, and you know he. I think he's written one of the definitive books on the race and the people who did it. Oh, but when he was like eighteen or nineteen, he went down to watch it, one of the last editions, and it was yeah, so, so cool, so cool. Good old Richard. Oh. What's, what else? Uh, um, what's been going on? Well, there was a, there was a bike race. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who's there? First of all, who's at the bike race? It's pretty good, you know. There are there are five world tour teams, so. Um, I'm going to let you guess one of the names who's turned up. Chris Froome's here, telling us that his numbers are good and he's heading in the right direction. Um, cool. Uh, so we'll, 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 sorry, shouldn't laugh, but it's just poor old Chris. His relentless positivity is um, kind of amazing. Relentless. A relentless um, it is relentless. That's what it is. Um, and Mo, uh, Movistar. So I've comment the last three bike races I've commentated on, David. The Deutschland Tour, where we did Neverstrace Fahrrad. Yeah. The yeah. Tour of Britain, where we did Never Strays Farthing, and mm-hmm. this one, where we've gone back to Never Strays Farfalle briefly. Um, Farfalle. G- guess, guess who, apart from me, has attended all these three bike races? I think we're, the, we're, we're a subset of one, no, of two of two people. Uh, you won't be able to guess, I'll have to tell you. Okay. Mark Soler. <laughs> oh my God, you're like Mark Soler's nemesis. But I've got a feeling he might be on punishment duty. You know, like Lefebvre is doing to <laughs> Sam Bennett? Yeah, where he said you're, you must you're race doing every... tourism. And he's I'm, I'm on, loving it. In, I'm loving it. Prison. He's hating it. <laughs> yeah. I just can't. Mark Soler turning up to all these random little races is just the funniest thing. So <laughs> you're he's, basically he's you're going you're going to Alcatraz for fun to visit. He feels like he's stuck in Alcatraz. <laughs> For <laughs> like Mark Soler. Mark Soler. Oh, oh well. Yeah. What's um, he doing next year? Is he staying at Movistar? No, no, no. He's going to UAE, isn't he? Oh, of course he is. They so that's, assemb- that's it. Yeah, he's they're now- assembling such a ridiculous arsenal of mountain domestiques for Pog. They've got, I mean, they've already got, they've already got Formolo, Davide Formolo, who's had an excellent mm. year. David de la Cruz, who's had a really good year, I think. They're mm. getting Bennett. They're getting, uh, who have I just said? Mark Soler. You know, all these, hit, all these absolute hitters in their own right. And they've got here, they've got the defending champion of the Giro di Sicilia. It's only the second edition of the modern Giro di Sicilia. Last year's was cancelled. Um, but the, the guy who won in 2019, the first Giro di Sicilia, riding for the rally team, was Brandon McNulty. 
Doing very it was well. His bre- it was his breakthrough victory, really. And then he got signed by UAE Team Emirates. So he's come back to the race with the number one on his back to try and win it. So that's cool. It'll Here's, be one. Could just, 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 just go back to that one quickly regards UAE and uh, Tadi Pogaccio. Isn't it interesting how it's that old field of dreams, that film, if you, if you build it, they will come? Because he was winning the Tour de France and doing all his results with no team. And now, because he's yep. winning, the budget's going up. More riders want to go there. And it's he's almost it's being built around him, and he's built it himself. Obviously, with all the support he gets from that team, but it's it's not that as if crazy that, that crazy contract they've handed him as well—the five yeah, or six year five, deal, six or kind years, of like five, almost yeah. the highest paid cyclist in the world. And yeah, yeah, oh, rightfully so. Yeah, yeah, no, no sorry, carry on because I just think it's, it's, I always find it quite interesting. We see all these big names start to go. Actually, no, I will go to that team. Which goes yeah, to it's not, no. and it's all because of Taddy Pogaccio. He's managed to increase that budget and increase the attraction of that team, you know, yeah. which was yeah. three years ago. I mean, I, I think Ooh. they are genuine. It's interesting how Jumbo Visma have just been kind of edged to the side in all mm. of this slightly, and and they are and Ineos as well. But they are now in terms of the kind of the quality of their climbing team, the quality. You know, they can swap one in, swap one out, like for like. They are where Sky used to be, aren't they? That you know, kind of like. Or, or, or yeah. I take out Castroviejo, bring in Port. You know, it's kind of that's where they're at. But it's an interesting that maybe also with that that um, because it's so obvious what they're doing, they're they're anticipating what they expect it to be, and the sports be. What about it might if, be something else? What about mm. if Christian Prudhomme and uh, the old ASO crew actually see that team being built and say, "Can't change it next year," but to disrupt it, we're going to make sure their team can't control this. You know, so I, it, I, I mean, I, I love that. I love the fact that you said that because it's yeah. totally plausible. Because yeah. ha, for how many how many years are Christian Prudhomme on the Tour de France going to tolerate Pogaccio winning? Like how many? Like, okay, give him a hat trick, but then it's going to get boring, isn't it? Yeah, uh, you know, because so, it's, yeah. it's totally within they they decide the route. It's not like an international governing body with political pressure, or they have political pressure, but they could go for commercial reasons. Uh, we want to actually change it up. We see they've just built the best climbing team to that can accommodate the 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 courses we've been designing of late. You know what? Let's do a flat race and let's put these two downhill finishes and a really long. You know, it's it's really hard with Pogacar to beat him, but you might think, okay, well, let's do cobblestones. Let's put crosswind days and crosswinds. Obviously, again, you depend on the weather, but you know what I mean. You could but just... also, now, now you've got me thinking about that. The other slightly strange thing about this kind of big recruitment drive of climbing domestiques is, isn't that what Jumbo Visma did in, in the first Pogaccia victory? And it completely backfired on them because Pogac, he didn't need the yeah. team. Didn't and they just, towed, they just towed him around France. So why, why, would they, why would they now look at that model and go, that's what we need to do? That thing that Jumbo Visma did mm. on year one that didn't work, we need to do that. Yeah. It it seems faintly odd, actually. Now you think about it, but um, yeah, but you never know. You're, you're you're right. Which which Tour de France route is going to be announced, and what will it look like? And mm. you know, yeah, it's fascinating. Um, also here, Alejandro Valverde. Uh, oh, he's back. This is, his first ra- is this his first race back after his collarbone? Uh, after after his um, yeah, the Vuelta abandoned. I think it is. Yep, pretty sure it is. Yeah. And um, and uh, Roman Bardet, who also um, who's ripped up the Vuelta. It did really well. So it'd be interesting to see. So this entire race goes down to stage four, which is the only hilly one. And there's Mm. a sort of 10 kilometer climb and a 17 kilometer descent to the finish line 
on the final stage of stage four. And that that's it, basically. So this will be a race that boils down in, in terms of the GC to the last 20K when unless you, something extraordinary happens. But isn't it always hilly in Sicily when you race there? Um, no, not as soon as you... No, it kind of is. It's one of those volcanic islands, isn't it? Where yeah. if you hug the perimeter, it can oh, be flat okay. and windy. But the minute the minute you come off the main road, it's a bit like Milan San Remo. The minute you come off the main road, you're climbing. You know, huh. so it's a bit like that, Sicily. Yeah. Um, okay. Not quite as extreme as that. But um, today was a, today was the first of two sort of sprinty days. We had three riders up the road, um, and I'm only mentioning that really because one rider in particular fascinated me. I'd never heard of him before, never seen him race before. He's only 22 years old, and his name is Charles. Brilliant name, Charles Etienne. Chrétien, as in Christian. And he comes from Quebec in Canada, but not really from Quebec, because if you look into his history a little bit, he is very proudly from North American Aboriginal heritage. Oh, what? And, um, and he is a member of the Innu people. Oh, wow. And the only reason I found out about this was because I read a little interview that he'd done where people, you know, some some lame journalist like me had asked him, what's the most interesting thing you've ever done on a bike? And he said, well, um, I quite like taking my gravel bike out when I go hunting partridge. And sometimes if I'm out for a long time, I will, um, I will, if I get the hunger knock, I will, won't ride home with the partridge. I will stop, light a fire and cook the partridge. And that gives me the energy to ride back. And I thought, oh, that's quite interesting. That's, and then I noticed... That's reasonably interesting. Well, it, yeah. And then I noticed that he'd won one of those kind of like very dull sounding races in America somewhere in a, you know, kind of crit circuity thing. I don't know. Yeah. don't know. Actually, I haven't the faintest idea which race it was. But I noticed in the, 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 the picture, because he's only a kid. He's a junior um, champion of um, Canada a few years ago as well. But I noticed he did the Juan Antonio Fletcher thing when he crossed the finishing line and did his archery. Robin Hood. Yeah, Robin Hood thing. And he explained in an interview afterwards why he'd done that. He said, to honour the traditions and the heritage of my people. Oh, there you go. And so that's really interesting. So there's this Canadian rider who is very happy, very happy on the front foot talking about his Aboriginal heritage. Mm. Um, and, and also Nielsen Paulus, who Matt Rendler has often, you know, reminded us, comes from mm. um, uh, um, sort of uh, native North American stock as well, who had a fantastic world. So I just thought that was quite interesting. Anyway, that's very interesting. But, Totally chaotic bunch sprint into Licata today. Ridiculous final kilometre that went right, left, right, left, past two stray dogs that yeah, Matt Stevens and I had nearly got. Yeah, and the, who we thought they're going to have to either shoot them or get them out of the way because they were barking at every car that came past a couple Brilliant. of hours before the finish line. <laughs> Except, interestingly, cars that had official stickers on. So I wondered whether they were kind of cycling fans like stray dogs you know they were kind of yeah. like quite quite in on it they know. just they recognize authority they just got it um yeah. but it was a really interesting and one rider in particular i think vincenzo albanese who rides for the aeolo cometa team contadors and basso's team um who'd had a really good giro he'd done his reconnaissance he knew that finishing kilometer was chaos with lots of crazy switches and mm. turns and narrowing in the road and with about one and a half k he clipped off the front and he got like a second up the road and he expanded that lead simply through these series of turns, but not because he was going faster. Well, he was, but he was going faster because of his bike handling and because of the way he actually got That's through all the shit. Super cool. It was cool. And then he, with, with, he was only caught in the final 50 meters 
by UAE team Emirates, uh, Juan Sebastian uh, Molano, who won the sprint after a phenomenal lead out from Max Riquese. And if it hadn't been for Riquese's lead out, Molano, I don't think would have won the stage. Um, wow. So, nice. so it was actually a really cool finish and um, a pretty cool race. And, uh, and that's the news from Sicily, David. I don't think I've got much more to say than that. I feel like we've covered a quite a I few think that topics was, um, there. I'm glad we, we, we've offered such an in-depth race report. As well. Some facts in there. Hey? Yeah. I've got, I'm sure I had a what's, few... What's tomorrow's stage? I'm sure I had a few corrections from people putting me right about like, the last time we podcasted, but I can't remember. Except to say that I think... You know, we were podcasting within minutes of having seen the, the race finish, mm. or rather a, a few more minutes because you deleted the first no, recording. But it hadn't been long. So we hadn't really had time to digest it. And I think I'd said something like, you know, it was lovely to see Julian Alaphilippe being warmly and roundly applauded by the Flandrian oh, he people. Was getting, he was getting beaten up and slagged off. Uh, uh, and yeah, that was but, before Julian Alaphilippe had come out and said it was... But yeah. we didn't know that. Nobody saw that because you, you kind of... And well, actually, the flags waving. also because of the um, the the way we were watching it, they turned down their FX, so you can't actually hear much of what's going on. Yeah, that's true. You can't hear the boos or the, the no, you can't hear the boos or whatever. Or yeah, the yeah, yeah. slagging off. Yeah. yeah, but I don't think, and also it might not have been that many people because there was a fantastic shot that emerged a bit later, wasn't there? Of Julian Alaphilippe in his rainbow clapping. jersey, but you, the you clapping. Know what, oh, but it's just. But that's what I mean. It's kind of that's with the Flandre and the Belgian cycling fans. It's, if you're there racing and, and they're booing and shouting, it's because it's all part of the draw. It just it's, it's entertainment. It's football. It's yeah, football. it's football. And it's kind of like yeah. the, the bad guy. It's like a pantomime. The bad guy comes out, everyone boos. And Agreed. So, you know, Agreed. it's just what it is. And that's what even you can see. They it was, it was even And we spoke about this in the last pod. I saw Pidcock quoted as well as saying that was the best experience of his most, one of the best experiences of his life, just yeah. being in that race. Brilliant. And that's brilliant. somebody who just won the, the Olympic gold medal um, yeah. in mountain biking, yeah. but goes yeah. to that. And it's like, that's where you see, and we spoke about this, how important those races are because yeah. it's, and when you see the pictures, I, I mean, I can't imagine it because I've been there, but still it's pretty next level. It's, mm. the Olympics can't compete with that no, it's just magical yeah. oh, it's road racing isn't it David it's better, it's road than, racing. Other. It's better yeah. than other bicycling yeah it is better than other it's other, bicycling it's better than, it is yeah. it just is yeah. Yeah. yeah it is it is what it is right. and most sports to be fair yeah. yeah well I can't promise we'll do this again tomorrow because I can't I can't promise to have generated this much content. It's been breathtaking the amount of content. <laughs> I mean, you didn't. Oh, by the way, oh, the other thing I should say is again, again, like stress again, the beer mats, sorry, drinks coasters are on their way. We're yeah. just overwhelmed with work. And so the, the, very soon yeah. they'll be available. Okay. Go and chill, chill everybody. Back. The anticipation, like so you know, deferred gratification yeah. and all that. Completely. Yeah. It's like, you know? yeah, go and check out. And chapter three is launching its dirt collection soon as well. Go and have a look at the so dirt collection. You know? dirt collection. Soon. Don't do it now. So, don't soon. do it now. Don't do it I mean, now. Just, just sign up and kind of, because yeah. we're getting our ducks aligned. Yeah. Oh, and tell your friends about this podcast. Cause yeah, and subscribe. Have you got, have you put, you subscribe and, you know, review and just be yeah. nice. Hey, you know what, just, Ned? Just Here's an interesting one. Here's an interesting stat. Let me just get, get this stat up. Sorry for being. Hmm? We are... Um, let me see if it lets me do this. 720th most listened to podcast in Sicily. No, I don't know. 
Um, I if anyone's so, listening, that's a new subset. That's a new Venn diagram so. subset, isn't it? We're, Sicilian uh, listeners. Right now, Anyone listening in Sicily, let me know. H-I-W-T-Y-J at gmail.com if you're listening in Sicily. We're 36,000 downloads away from a million downloads. Oof, that's big. Especially mm. bearing in mind the same we 500 to, people have been doing have it over and over think, again. <laughs> we might have to think about doing a special one million tradition. If that makes sense. I've thought, I've thought about it, but I don't understand it. So, um, yeah. Oh, what? Oh, yes, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah One okay. million downloads of our podcast isn't terrible. That'd be, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? That'd be yeah. amazing. Yeah. But anyway. All right. All right. Okay. Um, good night. I'll speak to you tomorrow, probably. Speak to you tomorrow. Go, go for a run. Go for a run. Yeah, if my clothes are dry. <laughs> Leave the windows slightly ajar. <laughs> if they get stolen, if anything gets stolen, I'll tell, I'd say I blame your science. Oh, oh, right. oh, and last one. Here's the, the oh, here's God. your one okay, mission okay. For, for your content to, tomorrow. Yeah, okay. It's find Max Chandry. Yeah, and say hello from say me. hello, and, say and, hello from and David. Yeah, record. Um, ask oh, that would be to and get him to explain why he loves Sicily so much. That is my mission for tomorrow, and it will be gold. That will be our whole podcast. It will be amazing. Be gold. Okay, all right. All right. Cheers. Bye bye.